Welcome to Reiki Cafe Radio, where your host, Christine Renee and Izzy Wells. We come together with more than 25 years of experience in Reiki, meditation, chakra wisdom, clairvoyant techniques, and holistic healing. We are passionate about helping individuals release resistance, step into their authentic selves, and align their lives with the truth of who they are. Reiki Cafe Radio is your choice for vibrant Reiki conversations, meditation experiences, and holistic wellness. This is your space for a deeper look into the ancient wisdom through modern eyes. So grab your tea or coffee and join us as we sip our way through this week's episode. Today, we are going to be talking about to thy own self be true. And I love that topic for so many reasons that I can't wait to dive into the conversation with Izzy because I believe that it's the number one thing we can do for ourselves and allow life to flow so it doesn't get sticky or it doesn't feel heavy. And if we can just remember this, and I think so often we try to not be ourselves, to to be the person that others want to see us as, and it doesn't work. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation today. Yes. Yes. If you've taken any of our courses with us, you know that this is, along with the chakras and Reiki and shamanism, we know that this is absolutely one of our favorite topics because it is, like Christine said, it is one of the best and highest things that we can do both for ourselves, but also for the world. You know, we talk about all the time how our inner energy affects our external reality. And so really coming to know yourself, really stepping into that authenticity, standing in your truth, speaking your voice, all of the things, as Christine says, living life out loud, these are all things that are just so, so important. So we're going to be diving into all of this and more today. Again, I don't know about you, Christine, but these, these types of calls are always my favorite where we're just chatting with the community. Well, a part of it too, is it so, um, one, there's not a lot of prep time, you know, it's not like a webinar where I have to like put something organized together. And I feel like when I'm in the space, I definitely feel like I can just go and let it, whatever needs to come through in that moment for the, whoever is watching can just happen. It's, it's an easy place to be and flow and not feel like I have to be like, I have to cover this point and I have to cover this point. I have to cover this point. And it's just so organic. So I like the balance. I mean, I love teaching. I love doing webinars and I also love being in flow with just having the conversations. I already drank my coffee this morning. It was an early morning. Like People usually know that like, I'm not really functional until like eight o'clock in the morning. It's really hard for me to get the kids out of the door. Like I'm not, I'm not a super morning person. I'm not a super late night person either. Like I don't, I don't stay up late either. I'm I'm one of those people. I'm like, my functionality is between 8am and to 8pm. And that's, that's it. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not an extremist on either side. I'm a daytime person. Right. Um, And this morning I woke up at 445 and I'm like, Okay. I, I, everything happens for my good. And, you know, like, okay, I will, I'll just flow with this and see how it goes. So feeling good this morning. I don't know how I'm going to feel this afternoon, but I, here I am. <laughs> I feel like budget some time into your day for a nap and you'll be good to go. <laughs> totally. Yes. It's a standing, uh, a standing thing on my calendar is magic window time. And that can totally be a nap time. And so, yeah. My family knows that I have this funny thing on my calendar and it was, and part of it, 
I don't know if you like who needs reminders, who needs reminders for self-care. I need a reminder for self-care. And so I block out a time on my calendar. I recommend doing this if you haven't already. And I've had this like agreement with the universe that like magical things can happen in this window. And if that is sleep, great. If that's meditation, fantastic. If that's just me lying down and trying to turn off my brain, fantastic. If it's me doing shamanic journeys, lovely. Like it's not, it's not like a set. I have to do something specific, but it is kind of a requirement for me to relax and lie down for a while. And I'm like, yes, adrenals, we're all happy and safe and we can just rebalance a little bit and it needs to happen at two o'clock. And so I really, really try to make that, that window happen. And that kind of helps us actually lead into today's conversation, right? Today's conversation is to thy own self be true. And I know that when I have that magic window time in my day, even if it's a half an hour, it means that I get to be more, more myself, meaning I feel better in my body. I feel like I'm rejuvenated. I feel like I'm taking a time out for me and making myself a priority for whatever needs to happen in that time. And it allows these doors to open. Sometimes I get beautiful downloads during that time. I feel like my spirit guides are like, oh yes, she's finally doing it, right? She's finally doing the thing that we've been telling her to do for years. And and with that comes their uh, activation in my life when I take that time out for myself. And I think so many people, you know, often think it has to happen in the morning or in the evening and Mine really needs to be smack dab in the middle of that day. And that really helps me so much come into my state of alignment and my body and my healing. And um, just, it's so good. It's so good. (laughs) Yes. And I think what you said about knowing yourself is so important in self-care practices, because like for me, I know that I function best if I get up at five in the morning and I have two hours where I can just read before my day starts at 7am and then I'm good for the rest of the day. And it's that window of time where for me, that's when my soul is kind of calling me to come back into alignment. And it's not the case for everybody waking up at five for most people is not a a fun idea. And so it, it really is about understanding that nobody's day is going to look the same because nobody's energy is going to require the same things. Like, yes, we have our circadian rhythms that love when we get eight hours of sleep at night and we have a two hour window between 145 and 445 where sleep is going to happen because that's just how our stress hormones are functioning. We get that. We have our biology, but our energy that is behind the biology, our energy that is that energetic blueprint for our life is going to be different for every single person. And so being willing, first and foremost, as we step into this conversation, being willing to take the time to get curious about who you are, how you function best, what's going to bring you into alignment for yourself instead of focusing on what you should do or what other people do, right? Like don't copy what Christine and I do because that's what we do. It's not, it's not for you. It's not cultivated and created and designed just for you and your energy. And I think that's so important to just be really clear on as we step into this conversation in particular. I just have goosebumps everywhere because I think that is such a strong message with Reiki Cafe University is that 
we don't want you to be a cookie cutter version of Izzy and I or anyone else on our team. It's very much, we want you to be the best version of you that you can be and step into your own authentic truth and your own authentic self-care plan and your own spiritual gifts, however they look. Right. And so just because I have certain spiritual gifts doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily be able to develop them exactly to match mine. Like that is not the point. Right. I had a student yesterday leave me this lovely voice memo. She's four and a half months into the shamanic Reiki practitioner training with her September cohort. And she was like, this thing is happening during my Reiki sessions. And I don't know what it is. I'm, I saw like a power animal. At, for one client and I did just amazing blue eyes and he was just guarding the client at the top of his head. And then I had another client and I got this vision of this little girl who was drowning and, you know, that kind of scared me. And what is this? And I'm like, she's like, I, is this, I don't think this is clairvoyance, but I definitely doesn't feel like clairsentience, that clear feeling. Like, I don't feel it. Like I'm seeing it. I'm like, welcome to the world of clairvoyancy. You know, like it was just like, It will happen when it's meant to happen. The spiritual gifts will unfold as they're meant to. And we get to get curious about them. And then we get to, we got to go, Hmm, I wonder why it showed up that way. I wonder why this animal was there during the session, or I wonder why that vision was shown to me. And I wonder how that, that vision impacts my client. And we get to step in that space of curiosity. But when we're in the flow of Reiki, guess what happens? We get into our alignment faster. And our spiritual development comes along faster and we have to, to let ourselves be in the flow of Reiki, be in that flow of divine universal healing, because when we're there and we're actually just letting it flow to wherever it needs to go, however it needs to flow, guess what? We're letting ego get out of the way. It's not about once we start thinking about, oh, should I put my hands here? Or do I need to figure that out? Or they were complaining about this, so I should do that. When we can let all of that go and just be in the flow, then that's where these magical things start to shift and balance and come together so that you can be like, yes, I, I, I actually, I'm getting, I'm starting to get the clairvoyancy. I don't, I don't understand all of it yet, but I see it's happening, you know? And so I just, I love this space of like what, however, whenever it's supposed to happen, it's going to start clicking as long as you're dedicated to the practice. Yes. Yes. And I think what you said about distinguishing from ego is so important because as we dive into this conversation, there's really going to be two sides of authenticity or confidence or standing in your truth or whatever you want to call it that we're going to really dive into. There's this spiritual side, right? Where we're exploring our spiritual gifts, where we're uncovering our energy and we're finding who we are in this very spiritual realm. But then there's also this kind of authenticity that we talk about on a personal level where, you know, I saw someone post the other day, this quote that said something along the lines of be so completely comfortable in being yourself that you inspire others to do the same. And I think that these are, while similar, they're also very separate ideas and expressions of what authenticity really means. But in both of them, there's this distinction between what is a soul calling, what is an energetic truth, and what's your ego? Because a lot of times, I think when people hear the words authentic or confident or truth or power or whatever it is, their first thought is, well, how can I be myself without knowing who I am, right? Like we get this fear of, 
how am I supposed to know exactly how I would react in every situation? Like sometimes I wake up and I don't even know what shirt I want to wear. How am I supposed to know who I am through and through so that I can always be authentic? And I think this is such an important distinction to be made because there's a difference between authenticity from the ego and authenticity from the soul. And when I say ego, the word I use is mind, like this very thinking, rational, logical place in our being. Because when we try to be authentic from the mind, what we're doing is we're taking information from the past and trying to apply it to the present. We're saying, who have I been in the past? How have other people perceived me in the past? What feedback have I gotten about myself in the past? And how can I navigate all of this data and produce a result in the present? Versus when we're looking at authenticity from the soul or from an energetic point of view, it's very much in the moment. It's a moment by moment, what feels true to me now and now and now and now, knowing that that truth may not be a constant. It can change, you know, and I think that's also a distinction between the ego because the ego wants you to be this constant, solid, always the same. And you're not, you're an energetic being that flows and thrives and grows and dips and all of the things. And when we try to take this more mind-based or egoic perspective on authenticity, that's where we get stuck because we're trying to say, who have I been in the past? What did I like about that? What did I not like about that? And how can I take those opinions and create something in the present? And honestly, by the time your mind has had time to figure that out, the moment's passed anyway, and you haven't been authentic because you haven't been in the moment. So it's really about that practice of when you find yourself being pulled back, when you find yourself worrying about well, how would I react in this moment? Like, what's the most authentic response I could have right now? You're automatically disregarding your true authentic self because your true authentic self doesn't need to think. Your true authentic self has no need to filter things because it's not afraid of how it's going to be perceived when it says something, when it does something, when it shows something, right? Your soul is more than comfortable to stand in its truth because it knows that by shining your light, you'll brighten up the world. And so there's that that distinction where when we feel that fear and that response of, well, how do I know who I am? It's because at a certain level, you don't, right? It's not your job to conceptualize who you are. It's your job to be who you are. And that's a big difference. Yeah. And it's like, I I love taking this word, remember who you are. And it's a remember. It's like, we have to go back to a soul level and remember who we are. And I, I wish this is a gift I could give everyone. And I think this is why I was so excited to have this conversation. If I can help everyone remember where they came from on a soul level and help remember that, man, life is so much easier from that place. When you know, everything is happening for my good and in my favor, you know, when we know that why, because we are divine, our soul fabric is of, of divine, right? And so when we can remember that we are made of stardust, that we were God's child, that we're um, created in the divine like divine likeness and image of God. When, you know, like you can pick out those phrases and go, yes, I, I can, I can see that I can, I can recognize that, but then we have to, we have to know it and we have to kind of dig deep to kind of get all of those layers out of the way. and. I think that if that's one thing I could share with the world is like, how do we remember who we are and knowing that we are a divine source of creation? 
uh, I, I wish there was a magic wand. If, th- if that would be my magic wand, it would be that because if everyone was able to remember who they were and knowing that they were divine, then everyone wouldn't consider everything in their life happening as a crisis and, or that something bad was coming after you or, you know, taking all of the negative things and like piling it up on burdens and going, no, that was just a, a lesson. Remember, I, I remember I came into this body to experience the highs and lows and the motions and experience life. And I get to see that instance as a soul lesson versus something bad that happened to me that because I wasn't good enough or whatever it might be. And so it's kind of a huge different, like paradigm shift of going to a place of, you know, I'm worthy. I'm worthy because I am. I am, I am here. I am in this physical body. I am worthy. I am available to have the support. I'm worthy to ask for help. I'm worthy to take the time that I need to do my self-care practice and step into that. Right. Yeah. And I think another way of looking at that is, you know, in the past, we've talked about victim mindset or that fear that holds us back, right? These are things that everybody deals with this sense of why me, or I'm not safe to shine or to be myself or whatever that storyline in your head is. And another way of looking at that, just to reframe what Christine is saying is when we are in fear, when we are, let's say that for the spiritual practitioner, we are worried about stepping up and speaking our truth and saying, I am a shamanic practitioner, or I am a Reiki practitioner, whatever follows that I am statement for you, because we're afraid of being judged, or we're afraid people will think we're weird, or all of these things that naturally, probably everybody in this community has experienced at some point, right? If we're in that space, what we're really saying to the universe is essentially, you created me wrong. I am ashamed of how I was created. Is the the backstory, obviously that's not the intention of why you're afraid, but that's the undertone. That's the energetic current that's flowing underneath that statement is I am ashamed of who I am at my core. And I know that when I say that, everybody who's listening is gonna say, but I'm not ashamed, right? I'm really proud of how far I've come, what I've discovered, where I've been, who I am, right? but then we're not showing it. And I think it's this idea of you can't wear a mask and still expect the universe to find you, right? You can't wear that mask, put on a different facade and still expect the universe to treat you as if you were standing in your truth because it's a different energy. And it's not that one is bad and the other is good. It's a matter of alignment. When you're standing in your truth, when you are saying, I fully accept the being that I was created to be, And I'm willing to step into moments of potential discomfort where people might not agree with me or they might think I'm weird in order to honor the creation that I am versus an energy of, I understand that I was created this way, but I also don't want to be called out for it. So I'm going to hide and I'm going to only share my light when I feel like it will be accepted, right? That's a big difference. And if, if we were to hear that in say the example that comes to mind is like in dating. If you have a friend who is in a relationship and she's like, I'm just not telling people about it right now because it just doesn't feel right. But I'll tell a couple people versus somebody who's like, I found this amazing person. We are in the best relationship and I'm going to tell everybody, even if they don't agree with it, because I know it's right for me. We would automatically say something in this first version is 
probably not aligned, right? Like there's, there's some sense of shame or guilt or something there. It's the exact same thing for stepping into our truth. It's the exact same thing when we look at ourselves and we say, I'm not worthy to be fully present in this situation because I'm afraid that I'll be rejected. And and it's this moment where when you look at that, when you shift that perspective, the choice no longer becomes, will I shine my light or won't I? The choice becomes, will I accept who I am or will I hide it? And when you put it that way, the choice is so potently clear because you you have no choice but to be who you are, right? Even when the mind thinks we're hiding things, even when the ego says, I'll do this or I won't say this or whatever, people can tell, right? We can see who we are, even despite the words, despite our actions, right? We all have that kind of inner barometer of people's energy. And so even our our deepest efforts to try and hide are not only not working, but they're also telling the universe, no, 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 I'm not ready or willing to step into this. And I would say 99% of us don't actually feel that way, but we have to realize that that's the message we're sending out to the universe. Yeah. And I, I also want to note, like, this isn't easy. (laughs) It just really can be really hard. And I have to kind of, you know, roll my world back many years to the place where I remember where I was in resistance. I remember the time in my life that no, 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 I can't, I can't offer Reiki for money. No, I can't put myself out there. No, I I have to have a, a nine to five job at this crappy job that I hate make 12 freaking dollars an hour or whatever it was, because I don't trust the universe is going to provide for me. Or I don't, I don't believe that being my authentic self is going to be accepted. Or, you know, I have people in my, my life telling me that Reiki is just a hobby and it can't be anything more than that. And so I played small. Like I remember the time that I played small and I remember that life had a lot of drama. I remember that I was really sick physically and emotionally to the point where I was in a really bad space to the point where I became suicidal and said, okay, I've hit my rock bottom and I can continue doing this. And I'm just going to end up in like an institution or something. If I keep resisting because God needed to give me a really big wake up call. And it was, you know, through, you know, my ex calling the police all the time for stupid reasons. And my daughter having colic and crying all night for years, right? Like I had, a, I, I created a situation from my resistance so that everything in my world was hard. My relationship with my husband was hard. The relationship with my ex-husband as a co-parent was incredibly difficult. The relationship with my children, not easy, right? I created this situation and I take responsibility and and co-manifesting that, right? So that I could see that I was out of alignment. And it took to that day of going, I have to cancel everything. I have to cancel everything around me. And I'm only going to do Reiki and meditation. I have to put myself first. I have to give up custody of my child, even though I'm giving him over to someone who's emotionally abusive. And I don't know if they're going to end up in a drunk driving car accident in a week. I have to surrender a hundred percent to the universe and say, I'm going to take care of myself and make myself my number one priority. And in doing that, 
canceling my job, canceling my custody, telling everyone in my life, guess what? I'm only taking care of me right now. And I'm only going to do Reiki and meditation was the game changer. And here's the thing. I don't want to have to see anyone else hit rock bottom the way I hit rock bottom, knowing that you can start making the changes now and it's worth it. And so that's where I'm coming from. You guys is coming from a place that I've been there. I was in years of resistance. I knew for a decade that Reiki was my calling a decade. I started Reiki when I was 20 years old, 20, 20, (laughs) right? I'm 40 now. And it took me 10 years to start saying yes, to start teaching Reiki, to start offering sessions, to start building my business. And I know that I was in a state of fear. I was in a state of scarcity. I was in a a state of worrying about where money was going to come from and how we were going to put food on the table. And when I just said, you know what, I'm just going to trust that it's going to happen the way it needs to happen. And, and I'm, I'm going to surrender. I'm just surrendering. And that was a true profound place of healing. And then I get, get to step into the, the knowingness every day that I survived. I now I thrive. And it's because I'm dedicated to the alignment. I'm dedicated to saying, yes, I'm worth the self-care time. I'm worth that. I'm I'm worthy of the passions that I have. I'm worthy of the ideas that I've been given. I'm worthy of the life that I desire. Knowing that that desire comes from divine. Makes sense? Yeah, yeah. And what I love about that is that what you did in those moments. I love that story because it's this beautiful example of what happens when you choose to believe in the power of your own reality. Because a lot of times what we do, especially if we were taught this from a really young age, is we decide that other people's realities are more real or important than our own, right? We we start to feel like we're responsible for people's feelings around us, that we're responsible for their expectations or their comfort or whatever it is. And we take that on. And so We start to grow up thinking that our sole purpose in life is to help other people because heaven knows we've been taught we can't help ourselves, right? And so we start to tell ourselves that that other people's realities are worth more than our own. And that's where it becomes really hard to step into these places of alignment, to step into these places where you can stand up and say, this is who I am, because you're, you're instantly creating this separation in yourself where one part of you is saying, that your reality isn't worthy to be noticed. And the other part of you is trying to put it in the spotlight. And that's where a lot of that resistance comes from. And so when you look at the situation, like in Christine's really personal share here, it's this idea of, can you let yourself step into a place where your reality is just as important as everybody else's? Because that's when it becomes so powerful because you realize that you're not responsible for anybody else's well-being other than your own, right? And when I say this, there's a distinction here between being selfish and being present with yourself. There's a very big difference because I think people in this community, when we ask, you know, what's your passion? Why are you here? What do you want to do with your life? One of the top things that that people respond with is I want to help people. And that's a beautiful passion, right? That's why Christine and I are here, right? Because that's our passion. But it's about the intention behind that. If your desire is to help people because you've been taught that you're not able to help yourself, 
there, there's a problem there. There's a misalignment there because you're selling yourself short versus if your desire to help people comes from this place of, I know my worth so fully, and I can see in my reality that this is why I am here. That is an incredibly powerful place because then you're helping other people heal from your own healing versus in the first example, you're helping other people here heal from your own fear that you'll never be able to. And you can feel the difference in those energies. And so it's this idea of, we talk all the time about wanting to help other people, right? And it's such a noble thing to do. Our society has given it this really beautiful label of put others first. If you help others and never help yourself, you're such a good person, right? But can we switch the label? Because at the end of the day, everybody who's here should know this, right? Is that nobody can help you but yourself. Even when you go into a session, let's say you have a session with Christine or myself, right? When we go into a session with you, we're not doing anything. We're giving you suggestions. We're putting possibilities in front of you, but it's up to you to take those possibilities and make them your own, right? You are the one that's doing the work that's making the changes. Like Christine, when she decided I'm quitting everything, I'm dropping it all and I'm coming back to myself. That was her choice. Nobody could make it for her. And so when we say that we help other people, it's actually a really big misconception because it's not possible. We can support other people. We can uplift other people. We can facilitate those connections. But at the end of the day, we cannot do anything for anyone else. We can only do things for ourselves. And so there's a big disconnect here where we've decided that helping ourselves is selfish, but it's actually the only possibility because we are only responsible for our own well-being, not other people's. And so when we step into this place where we decide my reality is just as important as everybody else's, when we realize that I can only help myself and in doing so, I will be able to shine a light that gives other people something to see through their shadows with. When we come into this place where we decide I am willing to step into a place where I may be rejected for the sake of honoring who I was created to be, you can feel the power in all of those statements. And it's not at the expense of other people right? We're not saying that you're going to let other people's well-being hang out to dry. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that you'll have more capacity to be able to do those things from a place of love when you put yourself first. Yeah. And if you can see what Izzy just said and put it through the lens of an empath, because I think the majority of us here are empaths, right? The clear feeling people, meaning I can sense when Izzy's energy is heavy or sad or whatever it may be, like I can sense it and I can feel where it is in my body, right? So many Reiki practitioners are this way. And so oftentimes empaths gravitate to Reiki because it allows them to step in that healer role because I can feel so clearly into someone else's energy. But if you're healing or trying to step into Reiki practitioner role from like, I'm trying to fix you, because it would make me feel better. Hello, ego, right? Like it'll help me as an empath feel a heck of a lot better if I can heal everyone else around me because then I'll feel better, right? Notice how that happens so often. Like when we walk into a room, like how can I shift this? How can I manipulate the situation versus I just need to work on me and I need to learn how to control my empathy so I can say your energy is your energy and my energy is my energy and your soul journey, this adventure here on earth 
is yours and yours alone. And however that needs to roller coaster ride for you so that you can learn your lessons is great. And I'm here standing in my truth and I'm in alignment and I can be grounded and I can be solid and I can be who I am in my divine clarity, letting everyone else be in their drama. I used to say, um, not my, what, what is the phrase? Like not my monkeys, not not my my circus, not my monkey. Yeah. Not my monkeys, not my circus. Right. And I used to go, well, you know what? Those are my monkeys and that is my circus. But guess what? I can still sit on the top bleacher and watch disconnected from their energy and just observe, right? And so we're kind of allowing ourselves not to get energetically, emotionally tangled up in other people's drama. And once we start learning how to quiet our our negative self-talk, I think this is where it all kind of originates from, right? We have these subconscious mind babble that happens in the background, like just shouting all of our fears and, you know, don't do this and don't do that because our subconscious is trying to keep us safe. And what it knows is the experiences of the past and what kept us safe was keeping in line with what we've done in the past, right? And so it doesn't want to try anything new. It doesn't want to, it doesn't, it wants to make sure you don't burn yourself, kill yourself, like get in a car accident, you know, have that bad, uncomfortable feeling again from having a conversation. And so it just is like this protective mechanism, but when we can see it as a protective mechanism go, Oh, I hear you. I see. I, I thank you for trying to keep me safe in this moment. And I'm going to let you take a back seat. Now here's some duct tape. Feel free to put it over your mouth, right? Like we can actually go into this role and letting our conscious mind take the driver's seat and go, I choose today. I choose to do this. I I'm willing and able to trust that everything's happening as it should all is well. And letting that negative self-talk become quieter because the more attention we give to it, the more we feed our fears, the bigger it comes. The more we say, I recognize you, I hear you, and you need to take a back seat. Guess what? My big negative self-talk was huge when I had my, my, you know, rock bottom moment, right? Of course, of course it was. And now it's hard for me to remember what she used to say. Because it's been so long and I've trained her that she doesn't get to have a voice. She doesn't get to rule my world. And she, every once in a while, sneaks up and was like, hey, you might want to be careful with that, you know, or whatever. I'd be like, thanks for the heads up, get in the back seat. And that's all it is, right? And that's such a beautiful, wonderful place to live from where your fears aren't dictating your life, but you get to choose your experience and you get to choose your reality and you get to co-create and manifest in a way that's an ease and flow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of my favorite things to do with this, because it, it really is, like you said, it's not easy. You know, it, we've shared our stories before and we'll continue to do it because we, we find that healing and solidarity with other people. But I've been in that place very recently of depression and anxiety and negative self-talk and all of the things. And it's in those moments, telling those, those fears to get in the back seat is immensely difficult. And so one of my favorite practices that I found 
to kind of help me bridge that gap between feeling like it was an insurmountable task to just be like, shh, and being consumed by them was to start telling those limiting beliefs, those anxieties, those worried thoughts, those negative cognitions, all of the things you can come along for the ride, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I think that's such a beautiful place to start because you're acknowledging them, right? You're saying, I see you. I hear you. I witnessed the part of myself that was wounded before and is trying to protect me now. And I recognize that I am no longer that version of myself and I'm free to do the thing anyway. Just because the thought exists doesn't mean the boundaries it perceives do. There's a difference. And so it was this practice of if you're not ready to just say, okay, go back there. I see you. I hear you, but we're done. It can be this practice of I hear you. I see you. You're welcome to stand next to me while I do this, but we're going to do it anyway, because it's that first step. It's that first time that you put yourself out there. That's the hardest, whether it's in your spiritual gifts and saying, this is what I see, hear, feel, touch, smell, whatever in your sessions, or it's just as a person putting up a boundary or saying what you really think or whatever it is. When your mind tells you, you can't do something. Typically there is that limiting belief about yourself. I can't do it because I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. I'm broken, whatever it is. But there's also this element of what will other people think? Will I be judged? Will I be rejected? Will I be thrown out of the tribe, right? All of these things. And it's so hard to disprove something in your mind when it's about other people. Because like we talked about earlier, you have no control over anybody but yourself. And so you can walk yourself through your own limiting beliefs, your own thoughts. But when your mind starts to say, yeah, but what about them? There's not a thing you can do to tell your mind otherwise, except do the thing and show it that it's wrong. And that's why those first steps are always the hardest, right? We we have all had this experience where we're so worried about doing the thing and we do it. And five minutes later, we're like, that was not bad at all. What was I so afraid of, right? And it's because up until that moment, your mind is going, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, to all of these circumstances that you cannot prove right or wrong until you actually do the thing. And so in those moments when it does feel so overwhelming to take that first step, when you're in that space where you haven't shown your mind, look, we're safe. We can do this. We're okay. We'll be fine. It's enough. You can say, I see you. I hear you. Thank you for trying to protect me. I'm going to do it anyway. And it's this way of bringing your fears along so that you're no longer watering them. You're no longer giving them that excess energy for them to grow. But you're also, it's almost like, um, the story that always comes to mind is when I was really little, we lived in Colorado and they have this really amazing zoo there. And they had like a moth or butterfly section. And there was this huge, I mean, it had to have been like a foot. It was huge, this huge moth above one of the doors. In my little head mind, I thought it was a wasp. I thought it was a gigantic wasp and I was terrified. And my mom knew that it's just a moth. It's not going to hurt you. It probably won't even fly when you go through the door. I was convinced that if I walked underneath it, it would fly at me and sting me. And so my mom had to take me by the hand. She had to tell me it was okay. And we walked through together. And that's what you have to do with these limiting beliefs and anxieties and worries and negative thoughts sometimes is you have to treat them like a small child because in reality, that's what they are. They're the wounded pieces of yourself that are looking for everything to just be okay. 
And so it's your job in those moments to take it by the hand, to tell it that it's going to be okay, and to make it walk through the door. Because that's the only way that you're actually going to be able to prove to yourself that you can do the thing, that you're capable, that you're worthy, that you are this divine creation, and you're allowed to stand in that. Yes. Yes. Everything that is, you just said, yes. Um, I love it. Like, I feel like, okay, and now we're done. Cause I think we covered it. Right. Like I, I love, I love this conversation. And, you know, one of the reasons why I was really inspired to come on and have this topic for today was I, I recently saw one of my, um, Reiki teacher graduates, and she has been in a slump for about a year and she's a massage therapist. And I went to her because she, she does the kind of massage I like, which basically isn't massage. It's the the song bowls and the Reiki and the cupping and the reflexology. And it's just like all of the other things, but deep tissue. Cause I don't, I don't want to do deep, deep tissue. And when I arrived, she, she asked me like, what kind of session you want? And I told her just what I said to you here now. And she's like, oh, I wish every client was like, like you. Cause even when she was like, well, how long do you want to go? Do you want to do a 60 minute or a 90 minute? I go, whatever divine, you know, has in store for me, it's fine. And because I was just able to be authentically, like say what I wanted and be in my truth and just be like, whatever, whatever is in store for me, I'm fine for you. Just fill in your intuition. And for her to kind of feel into that and go, man, I have a bunch of clients. I don't want to do anymore. I have a bunch of massage clients that aren't serving me. And that I'm just taking because I'm in a mindset, a scarcity mindset. And what I want to be doing is the sessions like I do for you, where they're all Reiki based and they have all these other tools mixed in with them. And I'm like, well, why, why aren't you doing that? And she could very clearly play like, well, the fear is showing up the fear that money is not going to be there. If I offer this, people won't understand it. And I go, well, have you shared it? Have you put it out into the world? Have you asked for those kind of clients? Because I guarantee you they're out there, right? I remember being in, in Bozeman, Montana, when there was only 38,000 people and still having, you know, at least four to five clients a day, right? So I'm like, if me just doing Reiki alone could do that, I'm sure people would want Reiki and cupping, Reiki and song bowls, Reiki and something else, right? And and she she really had to have it. It was like that session, like I feel like I showed up to be her inspiration, to help her remember who she was, right? And she is a you know, um, in recovery. And so she's got her coin and she's like, at the end of the session, she goes, Christine, thank you. Because I had to pull out my coin and on the coin, it says to thine own self be true. That is what AA is for. AA is to help you remember who your authentic self is and to shed everything that is not. And I forgot. And for the last year or two, I have been not being true to who I am. And I'm, I'm canceling the session after this and I'm going to go redo my website and I'm going to put myself out there. And I'm like, great. I guess I showed up for a reason. (laughs) Like that's apparently why I was here. Right. And I just, you know, for me being on the other side of it, I feel like that is one of my higher divine purposes to be an inspiration for others, wherever it is in my life, wherever it shows up. And it doesn't have to be the way I expect. Sometimes it happens in the post office and I just get to be who I am. And for the guy who doesn't speak English and I can help him how to fill out the envelope and give him one of a stamp that I have, like, 
wonderful. Like, that's okay. Like just whatever, it doesn't matter how small it is. It's just remembering who am I in this moment and taking those baby steps and treating that fear as, as that little inner child, because there you, part of us are scared. And so I love it. And I hope that by listening to this, you feel inspired to figure out where you are in the midst of that transformation and know that you are worthy of it and knowing that you have support and, you know, Reiki Cafe University is here to help guide those on that journey. And that's why we offer programs like Reiki coaching and the shamanic Reiki practitioner training, right? So the shamanic Reiki practitioner training is, is once again, it's not to make a cookie cutter version of who I am or who Izzy is. It's going here are some tools. Here's a buffet of options for your activating act, op, act, uh, activating actions, right? Like here are so many things, feel into it and allow divine inspiration to show up for you. Allow the energy to flow within you, move your body the way it needs to, um, sing your individual song of life and see what happens when you get to step into that true authentic self right? And so we want to invite you. We want to invite you into that program. If you haven't signed up already, we are going to be starting in less than a week. We're starting on Sunday. I'm so excited. So um, I would love to invite you into, into the shamanic Reiki practitioner training where it's a six month journey of really uh, shedding the weight of all of those burdens that we've been carrying for years and able to step into a place of this is who I am. These are my spiritual gifts. They are developing and I honor that process. And I get, a, I have a spirit team that I can connect with. And with my spirit team, I know that I have support and I know that I am worthy. And I know that I can make a difference and a change and a shift in my life and I can do it. And in that process, learning how to do the skills shamanic skills for other people and learning how to build your business and knowing that it's okay to step out into the world as a shamanic Reiki practitioner, as a masterful practitioner. And we want to help you support you in that process. Yeah, absolutely. So that link is in the show notes. We are so, so excited and so honored to be able to offer something like this, that not only is going to give you all of these amazing spiritual skills, but is also going to give you that healing and that opportunity to step into your authentic truth, to heal those parts of you that are wounded and scared so you can come into a place of joy and love and expansion and really stand in and spread and share your light. And so there are so many really unique and beautiful parts of this program. So please visit the link, read through everything, learn more, see if it's a fit for you. And if you're curious just reach out to us. We would love to talk with you if you have questions or if you're not sure or whatever else it might be. We're here to support you fully. And so click the link, reach out to us, whatever it may be for you. We are absolutely here to help. I love it. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, I absolutely love what we do at Reiki Cafe University. And I've seen so much transformation and shifts over the last few years of offering these signature programs that I I love it. I absolutely love it. Beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you all for joining us for this conversation. 
This has been absolutely wonderful. We would love to hear your top takeaways, your thoughts, your aha moments in the Reiki Cafe community. And as always, if you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out. But thank you, thank you, thank you all so much. Sending so much love and light and healing and all of the things. Yes, take care, everyone. Reiki Cafe Radio is sponsored by Reiki Cafe University, where your Reiki dreams become reality. Join us on Instagram or Facebook at Reiki Cafe University, watch our videos on YouTube, or visit the website to learn more about our colleges of Reiki chakras and business. It's our aim to help you on your path to wellness, guiding you into confidence as you transmute your inner critic and say yes to you. We're here to help you bring your Reiki dreams into reality and your path to abundance, health, and healing unfolds from here. And love and light, Christine Renee and Izzy Wells.